Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. Patrick Danielfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Good morning to you, Redmond. Good morning, Patrick. And uh, I had a fantastic week on the fishing, but before we get you into did. it... Before... You really did. You caught some of the biggest southern bluefin tuna you could possibly imagine. How how the arms? I'm not stupid enough to wind them in, Patrick. That's what I've got the boys to do. We're going to be talking about that in a minute, but we've got a little bit of news, Pat. You we, do love your trout fishing, so take it away. We do. The trout season, Redmond, is now closed. So in most rivers, uh, wild trout breed in Victoria, um, and the season is now closed as of the 15th. And that goes right through to the 3rd of September. So they're one of those funny species of fish that, yes, they've been introduced, Aaron, but it's... It's two species that we absolutely adore and love in in brown trout and obviously rainbow trout. Is that so. fair? Is that fair for our mate carp? <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's very fair because <laughs> there's not a fish that anyone disdains more. It, it is interesting because of the fact that they are they are an introduced species, introduced you know well over 150 years ago, but it's something that we love as anglers. There's there's something beautiful about brown and and rainbow trout. Anyway. Must be something to do with the nice Ray-Bans and Range Rovers. Uh, did you see during the week, uh, this is pretty cool, cool, if, if you want to call it cool, but a lobster man uh, in America got swallowed and spat out by a whale, Pat. He, he says that he reckons he was in there for around 30 seconds inside the whale, and then he literally got spat out into the air and landed into the water. Michael Packard, he was diving off the coast of Provincetown, Massachusetts, on Friday, um, he said he was 45 feet underwater, suddenly felt this huge bump, and everything went dark. Yep. <laughs> of, course everything, <laughs> of course everything went dark. You've just been swallowed by a whale. It was but, unbelievable. And then he just completely got spat out into the air, and then I... There's a few questions in it. Let's put it that way. There is. Now... Um, before we get into your week in fishing, the last one, um, there was a young boy over in the west that was uh, that survived a shark attack, um, and he, I must admit, is absolutely gung-ho. Take a listen to this. But then it came closer and got faster and faster, and then um, I thought it might have been a reefy, but then it tried to bite me, and then... It went for me, missed, then went for me, got one of my flippers, then went for me, got a flipper and my leg. And then after that, um, my dad, um, it swam right past me and dad, 
and then I called up to dad and said shark and then he was looking at it and then I showed him my big saw that um what it gave me and I said it bit me and then I uh, we it then dad was yelling and help and then um lucky there was some doctors on the beach they jumped in swam out and um brought me in from just when the sand bits started the moment I thought I was gonna die because it was really scary uh, even on just my leg, I thought I was going to lose a lot of blood, but I didn't. Luckily, I didn't lose that much blood. Well done, young fella. I, Redmond, how would you go if a shark attacked you on the ankle and you'd live to tell the tale? I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer that. Like, I, I put myself in harm's way a lot by hanging, uh, swimming in the water, in the ocean, diving and surfing and playing around. And uh, yeah, I'm glad the kid. He's, uh, he's fine. Jackson, mate, you are incredibly impressive. Let's get to your week in fishing, Redmond. We both spent a fair bit of time on the water this week. I took the kayak, took the kids out for a bit of a paddle, took the little staby out, which I still am of a strong belief. I think it is the most versatile boat in the country. You for, d- for those of you playing home, I've got a 15-and-a-half-foot um, staby. It's a f- staby fisher. And you can put it in the garage. It's yep. got a 75-horsepower Merc. You can launch it off the beach easily, which we did. Yep. We launched off lawn. It's fantastic. And it's and it's got the, for a 15-foot boat, it has the rock, best rocket launcher setup you could possibly imagine. Take us through the rocket launcher setup because it's crucial to be able to get rods up the top. But like you said before, it needs to be, st- oh, sorry, before before I get into what you said before, it needs to be sturdy enough because you do fish in some rough conditions where it's Absolutely. not going to break. Yep. But you also need to be able to fold the thing down easily. So how does it fold down so easy to get into the shed? Well, it's the Stabycraft 1550 Fisher. And they des- they redesigned this boat a couple of years back from the ground up, basically. And it has been their highest selling model. And there's good reason for that because, one, it looks terrific. But two, I actually haven't seen a boat that's 15 foot long with as well a design sort of cabin structure. There isn't a cabin. It's a windscreen, essentially. And the rocket launcher, which it sits on a pivot. So you fold it up and you fold it down. Every other boat at that length, it's a it's an aftermarket accessory, which you add on to it. But it's not with this boat. It's a part of it. And you can hang off it. I do. Like, it, it's just... I cannot speak highly enough of it. It was bloody expensive. Like, this thing cost me 60, just under 60 grand. Like, it was an extremely expensive boat for that big. But a bit like a camera, what's the best camera that you've got? Well, it's the one that you got with you for whatever moment that you're capturing. And this thing you can take anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you could... We took it up cans. It did everything in it. Absolutely. You take it into estuaries. You take it into extremely shallow water. And on the right days, I'd have full confidence and have taking this boat offshore. It's it's just terrific. So I I couldn't rate it any higher, particularly when it comes to, you know, storing it in the shed and those sorts of things. It's just easy. It's and, easy and to that's clean. a that's a massive, massive point you make there, being able to store it in your shed. People buy boats specifically made to fit in their driveways and to fit in their sheds. Like I know Craigo, for example, he got the twenty fifty Stabycraft and Craigo is uh, one of my co owners of Salt Guide Pat and he uh he specifically couldn't go a 2100 yeah. because the width of it didn't fit down the driveway. So that, what you just said there, to being able to 
put it everywhere it needs to be for whatever you need it to be. So garages, driveways, wherever it is, is a, is a great thing, and that's the perfect boat. Uh, let's get on to the Southern Bluefin tuna that you chased off Portland during the week. Apollo Bay, Patrick. Off Apollo Bay, was it? Yes, I didn't tell you that bit. No, you didn't. I don't want to tell you that bit. That's a secret. Well, it's not now. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. All right. We're off Apollo Bay. How did I we're miss not this? Bloody, a... We're not bloody off Apollo Bay. It's, we launch at Apollo Bay, <laughs> and we are driving 88 kilometres in the... 88 in the, I don't. I was going to nearly say a swear word then. In the ocean. No, this is 7am, mate. <laughs> this, we have to... This is that, a PG is, show. Well, that's why I paused for a second and took PG my time. PG show, yep. I'm travelling freaking ages because this seriously is not for the faint-hearted, all I'm going to say to you. So now, Absolutely just to give you a perspective not. of what we did, we headed down on the Sunday. We headed to Apollo Bay. We Beautiful got part some of the com- world. Yep. We obviously lived in regional, live in regional Victoria, so we were allowed to travel at that time. And Great. those of you from interstate, Apollo Bay... Roughly three hours from, from Melbourne, depending on where you're going. Now, obviously, with the COVID restrictions. Well, they're allowed, Melbourne are allowed out now. So they're all allowed out. So get amongst these tuna because... Well, I was about to say, go for your life. <laughs> go for your life because... We, so we stayed in Apollo Bay Caravan Park. We got there the night before and the prep comes into it. Yep. So we prep, prep, prep. So we went down to the pub. We had a few jamos. Uh, got just early dinner. Went back to the room. Had a couple more beers. Luckily, the footy was on the Sunday night because of the long weekend, which was terrific, Pat. And the boys hadn't been barrel fishing. Or I think a couple of them maybe once or twice, but with no luck. So yep. we basically did a full run through with a couple of mates of mine. And we went through platting. We did FGs. We did you name it. We did it. And... We also had to plan our trip, which I'm going to get to in a bit of depth. Now, the reason I say this is because we are traveling a stupid amount of water. You've got, when I say stupid, there's an oil rig out of Peterborough. Mm-hmm. We are traveling all the way to this oil rig. Now, this oil rig is holding bait. Now, there's a restriction around this oil rig. You can't be within 500 meters of it gotcha. or they will water blast you. Oh, well, they might not, but you're not allowed. There's a massive fine, huge fines. Federal police have been getting called regularly because people have been breaking the law out there. But basically, as I show you on the maps, Pat, that's how far out we are. It is a hell of a long way, 88 kilometers, roughly, 87 maybe. But so what I mean by this is we're going out to this rig and all these fish are off the rig. So they're actually, for that we found, we were 10 k's off the rig. So it was great because we weren't even that firing line of getting in trouble. We didn't have to push our limits. Day one, barrels jumping out of the water everywhere, 100 plus kilo fish, 50, 60 kilo fish. Day one, we hooked this beautiful fish that went, and, and we hooked this fish, landed it, probably around that 50 kilo mark, got that. Next one, Kano, we're, so we're on spin gear too, Pat. We were getting these on just little pillies. Yep. So just a 9-0 big bait uh, gamma circle, yep. a big bait, so it's a strong hook, and just one pilly. These fish are jumping out of the water, and I'm just hand-feeding them. Throw the pilly, bang, ate it. Now, for me to find these fish took me a lot longer than what it, I not didn't take me longer than I thought, but this is the prep that comes into it, as in, I always do two days, because day one's learning what's going on out there, yep. day two's bang. Yep. So, day one, we get out there, we didn't hook up to about 20 to 11, so we probably wasted three hours looking. Not wasted, but I had to learn the Putting area. Putting the work in. Yeah, that's yep. right. So, we went out there, anyway, we chased these fish, um, chased these fish around, throwing these pillies, with the lures first, couldn't get them on lures, it was glass calm out there, couldn't get them on lures, pillies, bang, hook up straight away, we ended up hooking three, uh, we dropped the second one, 
And the third one, we fought for two and a half hours on spin gear. I'm estimating the fish 120, 130, really big fish. And poor old Raws had been on the rod two and a half hours on stand-up gear and spin gear, so not, not Tiagra 50. And he just was fatigued. And I literally jumped over that other fish we had on the, in, the, in the cool bag on the ground to grab the wind on. And I said, stand back, mate, stand back. And as he stand back, I reckon he's, well, he's high-sticked the rod. And there goes me $1,000 rod. Snapped completely in half, and this fish busted off. And no I'm not, no word of a lie, I was just about to pull that fish towards me. So anyway, that was day one. We come back in. Day two, I knew where the fish were. I knew what was going on. I worked it out. We had two fish from around that 100 kilo mark either way. Didn't weigh them. Knocked over by 1028. I posted on Instagram, 1028. We knocked them over. But you got to remember, we drove out there for two hours. We left the ramp yep. at 6.30. It's a lot of bloody driving. Absolutely. It's a long way. It's not for the faint-hearted. The other issue was we had 15 to 20 knots of northerly. We're not fishing Portland where we're only 5Ks off, 10Ks offshore. Yeah. We are a long way out. We're in the middle of nowhere. It is. It was rough as guts. And I just want to give, honestly, the wrap-up of my engine and my boat. I was the only person out there. I am... Honestly, could not. And the boys, you can speak to the boys if you really want to. They, they, how happy they were. You could speak to the boys. You've got no idea how happy we were with this boat. Like this was the first time, Pat. I fully took it to its limits. Like this yeah. was rough water, long distances, two hundred liter fuel tank, two jerrys on the boat. Like I had to prepare for this. And this is a six meter North Bank with a one seven five Merc Merc on the back. Yeah, and, and and at six meters, it's a really manageable length to tow great distances. It is. It's a fit. It, to be honest with you, I'll say it now. My ideal boat's probably the six fifteen hardtop. That's what I want. I want that. I will get that soon. I want that boat. But as an all round boat, keep, that keep can, saving your pennies. Keep, I'm saving. Keep saving that's what pennies. I'm actually saving for. Don't tell the missus. But. In all seriousness, this is a six-meter boat that is capable of doing this and not even feeling scared in the slightest. Yep. It was amazing. The engine, 200-liter tank I've got, day one, I used 165 liters. I did 210 kilometers on the water. Day two, I did 177 kilometers at 155 kilometers. Um, I did 177 kilometers, sorry, and I used 155 liters. Now, you'll probably say, oh, why did you use more the second day? Because I drove in 45 kilometers of 15 to 20 knots of water, a uh, yeah. wind, and then I got to the Cape Otway, I saw I'd been banging, and then I literally got under that hill, uh, hill and put the Otway and pushed along as close as I could on the, shower, on the, on the, on the along the shore, flat stick to get back because I was overdriving because it was such a distance we had to travel. Nearly... Two and a half hours. So I pushed it. I reckon I would have only used 130 liters if I hadn't have been stupid out there. So big rack ups, wrap ups to this boat. It, it was it's sensational to fish out of it. The boys were wrapped with it. I was wrapped with it. And this engine, the 175 Merc, and I mean, like this thing speaks for itself. I was using 1.07 to a kilometer, and that's including flogging it along the Otway to a uh, sorry a liter per kilometer. And I reckon I would have got it down to 0.7 or 0.8 if I had to just cruise the whole way back. Yep. So. You need to do your maths. You need to be smart when you're heading and traveling out to these distances and do your measurements. I did specific tests the day before carrying extra weight on my boat with a couple of boys because you got to remember, I come back with 200 plus kilo fish on the ground, an esky full of food and water because we had to prep for in case something went wrong, plus 20 knots of wind and three grown men in the boat. Like, I'm a pretty big fella, Pat. Not, not really, but... You and, <laughs> you and the boys, which you've mentioned about 40 times. Oh, because this trip was once, like, to be able to you do... Loved it. To be, I loved it. And it loved was... It. I say it now, and I even said to Kane before I went, I said, oh, they were so excited. I'm like, oh, it's just another day on the water. Now I look at it, 
That was a sensational trip. We had a fantastic time. Didn't get enough jammos in because we were so tired at the end of the night, Pat, because we had to go to bed. But in all in all, we couldn't have been a better trip. We've got a massive show of real adventures coming your way. After the break, we've got the social club. Before we get to that, Aaron's going to talk to you and he's going to tell you where to fish and what to fish for this weekend and this coming week. This is Real Adventures. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. Redmond, you've been catching massive barrel tuna right throughout the week, but we can't forget about the flatties, the beautiful whiting. Um, My favourite, the gumbos. The calamari, the gummy sharks, all fishing really well. What are you targeting this weekend and what are you recommending with the the current forecast conditions for the coming week? Now, as of yesterday, uh, Melbourne... Re, sorry, uh, we'll, we'll say Metro got let out of lockdown, I guess you could say, and they're allowed to travel around the state. So we'll go around the state for a minute. Portland school tuna barrels will have to be there too, have to be. Yep. Polo Bay, uh, long way to get to these fish. Don't do it if you aren't comfortable in doing it. Uh, it's not for the faint-hearted, like I said earlier. A lot of fish there, lots and lots of fish. Barrels jumping out of the water. Just please don't listen to this and go do it. Please check your fuel. Make sure you've got your crew that are safe, safety gear, everything's Everything's ready to go. Boats even's got... I had my boat service before I went. That's how far out we are. You've also got on the other side of the state, Pat, you've got these swordfish just won't bloody stop being caught. There was a 300 kilo one caught during the week. You need to seriously be prepared for that in the same matter of chasing these tuna. That's the same... It's the same distance. It's 80 plus Ks. Yep. So you need to be mindful that you have to have the facilities of everything to be able to go do this. Uh, yellowfin tuna off the... East Coast at the moment. Yeah. There's some absolute smokers uh, that were caught. And I think, was it Jarvis Bay? Or? Yeah, Jarvis Bay. And also, they had the Marimbula Comp on during the week too, which uh, got uh, a little bit affected by wind. But some beautiful yellowfin from JB down to Marimbula too. But one good thing that's happening is out wide of uh, Eden at the moment. It's probably a bit too far for us wreck guys, but there's a lot of bluefin starting to show their faces. Uh, and hopefully they get pushed in soon. A bit closer for the so we can get out there in the trailer boats because they're a long way out. Uh, how far are we talking when we're talking? <sighs> I'd have to check exactly, but I know they're at the thirty-seven line, so you're talking hundreds of kilometres. Yeah, like it's not fifty or sixty; it's it's thirty-seven lines, a long way out. That's your contour line running longitude, latitude. So thirty-seven uh, is a long, long way out. But basically, yeah, you need to have everything to do that with what I just discussed. If you want to fish more locally now, as you as as we've come out of lockdown, is the gummies have been sensational again. I reckon they went a little bit quiet, and I don't know if that's because they got forgotten about with the bluefin outside of the Port Phillip Bay heads, but the gummy fishing sensational. The whiting I got out at the end of the week, the whiting were just as good as I left them. They were fantastic. The squid are in awesome numbers as well throughout Port Phillip Bay. Western Port has been a little bit on the tougher as it gets a bit colder, but we will get Gwain on next week, actually. Let's get Gwain on there, and we'll get a full wrap off Gwain, what's going on for the week with Western Port and how he's going to approach these colder months in that bay. But it's yeah, it's winter, it's cold, but I'll tell you what, if you don't go super early and you don't stay out too, super late, you're going to have a beautiful time in the water, especially with the weather that we have coming over this weekend. I think Saturday's slightly, uh, today's slightly breezy in the afternoon, uh, but Sunday's looking sensational into next week again. So I know everyone will be wanting to get out as well. What about inland, Redmond? Um, I feel the lakes fished quite well. I think there's been some... Like, golden perch, I think, have, yeah. have fished pretty well. 
Lake um, Whale has been fishing extremely well, to be honest with you. It's yep. been fishing well. So it's not just about the saltwater fishery this time of the year. The cod, the cod's been fishing fantastic too. Yep. Like uh, Swan Hill and that. There's some massive cod being caught, and even Barry Sullivan, who was a regular guest of the show, and he's caught some magnificent cod as well up in the Murray. So there's plenty of options inland to go camping and take the caravan and whatnot and get away because after the last two or three weeks that we've had, especially the Metro crew being locked down, I um, I feel for you, but uh, yeah, go get out there because while the sun's shining, you just need to make the most of uh, being outdoors because who knows what's going to happen in the future while this COVID rubbish is still hanging around, to be honest with you, Pat. <laughs> Let's get to the social club where we take your questions from social media. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures social pages for your chance to win the all-new Real Brand T-shirts and hats. We're giving away one every week to the best questions that you send in. Better yet, download our Real Adventures app. The first question is from John. Red, are you concerned travelling so far out to sea with a single engine that you're running on your north bank? This is is a good question. Great question, to be honest with you. Uh, Because there is a bit of a misconception around if I've got two engines, if one breaks down, I'm safe. Yep, and... Uh, which is which is true to an extent. But you are, but a lot of these days, so much of the like, the problems are fuel related, fuel or but the or um, computer. The computers mm. at times run both engines. So. That's what I was just about to say. So quite often, the problems that you're going to have with technology now is actually going to shut down both your engines, unless it's specifically a specific thing that happens to your engine. Yeah. But if you keep them service. Upgrade like a service every, like regularly and keep it updated with its service. The technology, like, look where we're at these days. Look what we can do. 10, 15 years ago, you weren't doing what we're doing now. You had yeah. old saltwater yammies on your boat that we're using. Like, you wouldn't have been able to do what I did. You wouldn't have used 155 litres. You would have used 455 litres. With So, no, I'm not worried at all. It actually doesn't come to my mind in the slightest. Would I consider a... Uh, two engines on a bigger boat, probably not on my 650. Can definitely do it, but I want to buy a 650. I you think can, I'm going to stick to a single. 750, mate. You still no one's going to use it, so I may as well. You, yours <laughs> is it? Your 750 even exist? <laughs> it's a figment. It's a figment of, of my. Your, but no, seriously, dreams and imagination. Boats have a purpose for two engines, and that comes down to power and performance. And for me, it's not so much about reliability. But in saying that, I guess there is a bit more reliability with two. So it's. Up to yourself, and like I said, but when you ask me the question, no, I do not have any concerns of running those distances. Uh, I took the shine in the first uh, segment there, Patrick, at the start of the show because my fish was bigger than yours. But you, you did get out during the week, and what I love is getting—I can't wait to my little fellow's Georgie's age because just the passion, the love, and then also the hate that he wants to go back in two seconds later. Uh, it's uh, it's great to see you getting the little man out, especially on the kayak because uh, you need to do a bit more fitness. But during the week. David's asked, Danger, how did you go taking the little man out in the kayak during the week and did you eat the salmon? We did eat the salmon. We cooked them up that night straight away and we cut them into little sort of fish nuggets and a little bit of flour, uh, egg and bread crumbs and then plenty of uh, chilli sauce and I reckon they're pretty damn good, Redmond. Is that because it tastes like chilli sauce, not the salmon? A little bit. Um, <laughs> and, and it's battered, remember? It's in a nice shallow pan of um, crumbs, extra virgin olive oil. It's beautiful, crisps up nicely. The The key for me for taking kids out fishing, whether it be on the kayak or in the boat, is making sure you're not doing it for too long. Yep. Then the kids will enjoy it. George absolutely loved it. So I took him out on the stabie 
whenever it was earlier in the week, and I took him out in the kayak the day before that. And both times we went out there, we were out there for probably 15 minutes on the kayak, we had some fun, we caught a fish, and then we went in and made it a really good experience. He didn't get too cold, he enjoyed it, the novelty was there, and then he took him in, uh, back onto the beach and, and you know he went inside. The same thing for the boat the next day. So Dad and I took the Stabie out. George came in the car with us. He was really excited about it. We, we launched at lawn. We drove all the way back to sort of Aries Inlet and enjoyed ourselves. And he was probably in the boat for an hour, hour and a half, and he loved it. The key to kids enjoying time on the boat is making sure it's not too long, and two, having plenty of food, Redmond. So he yep. had plenty of food. He had Well, with um, his fishing with you, your food would have simply been... Caramello koalas and Cadbury chocolate. I actually did have caramello koalas. <laughs> you out always there. have caramello no, koalas. It was just chips for George. Try to go a bit healthier for the for the great. <laughs> um, so we had the food there, and then after you know an hour and fifteen, I actually picked up Mards from the beach and and my other daughter or my daughter Felicity. My other daughter. And, and, <laughs> you only and, got one, <laughs> and they came out for um you know for twenty minutes as well. But we didn't make it too long, and I think that's the key. As much as you enjoy fishing and love it and want to do it all day, your kids and your wife, wife are not the same. Yeah. They, 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 they enjoy it for small periods of time, but it's not the be-all and it's not the end-all. So that's the key, I think, for, for me and for my family when making sure the kids really enjoy it. And then by the time they get that little bit older, then they will spend you know really long periods of time um, on the water with you and really engage and enjoy it all. So... So for mine, Redmond, that's the key. Um, the social club, you're, I reckon John's probably the, the winner this week, Redmond. Great question. Yep, good question. Going offshore, fishing. Um, long distances with long a single distances, engine. Single engine versus, versus twins. Singles, obviously, a lot cheaper. Good on you, John. Make sure you send us a direct message and we'll send out that real brand gear straight to you. If you've got a question for Aaron or I for our social club, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures socials or our Real Adventures app, which is free to download wherever you download your apps. Gearing up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. It's now time for Gearing Up for Dometic. Enjoy the great outdoors with all the comforts of home with Dometic. Uh, our special guest this morning on the back of Men's Mental Health Week is Sean, Sean Weir from the Shaka Project. Good morning, Sean. Thanks for joining us on Real Adventures. Hey, boys. Thank you so much for having me. Now, off the back of Men's Mental Health Week, it's not something um, that blokes are particularly good at, talking about their feelings and, and how they're coping with everyday life with whatever it may be. You yourself have a unique experience with mental health, and it's led you on almost, uh, you know, a journey of self-discovery and what has ended up in the Shaka Project. Tell us a bit about yourself and how the Shaka Project evolved and and was created. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm from uh, just up the road in Ballarat, in Victoria. So um, I sort of went through a stage throughout my sort of early teenage years where. Uh, I got into uh, drug and al- drug and alcohol addiction, and uh, this led to uh, mental health issues with with myself, and it sent me down obviously a really really dark road. And uh, I was a uh, I was trained to be a personal trainer, and um, yeah, look, th- these drug issues and the uh, mental health issues really did 
put my life at risk a lot and I had a lot of, uh, you know, there was, there was a time where I spent a lot of time in hospital uh, with mental health uh, related injuries and, and, um, and things alike. So when I, uh, when I eventually, uh, you know, created my dream of opening a gym, what I did was start to do a lot of mental health awareness um, events at the gym and we, we did some great things. You know, we did like a 24 hour treadmill challenge and, a burpee challenge and all that really fun stuff. And, uh, and we raised a fair bit of money. And after a few years, I really wanted to make something that was, uh, that was able to have a little bit more of a personal legacy and, and we could really see what we could do to, to help that, that conversation get started. And back in, uh, in 2019, I, I created some t-shirts. Um, and pretty much it was just to get my mates involved and, and a couple of friends and, you know, but that's a regional town, so I wanted to sort of get the town involved and, and really start in the conversation about men's mental health. And as you said before, you know, men really, really struggle, you know, talking about our feelings and, and starting that uh, starting that conversation. So the reason that I chose apparel and T-shirts and hoodies and, and stuff like that is to really, like, have a have a conversation starter, almost as a, a uh, permission slip. So, you know, if you see someone at a pub wearing a, wearing a shaka jumper or a shaka T-shirt, Automatically, you know, that person has some sort of empathy for mental health. And, you know, if you're struggling and you see someone wearing a shirt, automatically, you know, that you can go up to that person and, and open up and have a bit of a chat about, uh, about mental health. So it's all about icebreaker. It's that, um, you yeah. know, the start of the conversation when, you know, there's not necessarily using words, um, which is obviously what men struggle with. You spoke, it is exactly that. It's very visual. You see it straight away and it's, you know, for, for many, there'll be people that'll be looking for a window to open a conversation that is so incredibly difficult to start. You, you spoke about the uh, the events that you've organised and, you know, you've worked with and raised money for Beyond Blue, uh, Black Dog Society and Lifeline, which, which is incredible. From your own personal experience, how hard is it to, to ignite that initial conversation around I'm just not feeling that great because majority of our listeners who who love fishing love the great outdoors. Um, majorities are males, and the view has always been the male of the family, the breadwinner, the provider. There can't be a weak link because you have to provide for your family. Now, I think you know as a society we we've obviously come and taken huge steps over the last few years and, and understood um, the, the equality that exists and should exist within um, our society. But everyone is a person and has personal feelings and, and has personal struggles. You know, that's clearly a, a sticking point for anyone that's ever suffered mental health, just igniting that initial conversation around, I'm not quite right. Yeah, 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 absolutely right. And that, that whole stigma and stereotype of, of males, you know, we have to be hard, tough, uh, you know, get on with it sort of thing. That, it's been around forever, you know, it's, um, it's something that, you know, you know, my father, probably, you know, a lot of people listening, their fathers and grandfathers, uh, they had this idea that, you know, us males have to be tough and we have to, you know, sort of get over it and get on with it. And, um, you know, I think the world has started to, you know, really, really change when it comes to that. And, that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to change that stigma and that stereotype. But, you know, for someone to, you know, start to open up and start to have that conversation and, you know, even if they're out um, on a boat fishing and they say to their mate, you know, look, you know, can we have a chat about I'm not doing too well or, or even, you know, I've noticed you're 
you know, you've been a bit quiet or, um, you know, your behaviour's changed over the last few months, you know, are you doing okay? And just having that conversation, it can be really, really tough. It can be really uncomfortable. And, and one thing that we try and promote is, um, you know, be uncomfortable for five minutes with your mate and, you know, you could save their life. It's, it could be something that you do such a small, uh, you know, a chat that you have with your friend or your family or, or even with yourself um, that may be really, really, really uncomfortable for a few minutes, but the uh, the effects that you get after that could be absolutely life-changing. And, um, you know, being that mate in your group of mates to break the ice and to start that conversation is super important as well. And we believe that, you know, if, if all of this, if we can all sort of be that friend to, to start the conversation, then it can, it can completely change the game and, and start to change that stereotype. Speaking of uh, starting the conversation, Sean, what was the turning point in your life, I guess, to, that made you I, to make that decision to get away from the drugs, the alcohol abuse and what you were talking about at the start of the conversation to get to where you are now? Yeah, look, it was, uh, it was a few things, but I think I had a, uh, I had a close friend uh, pass away and it was a uh, it was an accident that uh, that took them and they were a completely innocent person they were a really really well behaved person um, and you know they had their whole life ahead of them they'd only just turned turned 18 and, and I was an 18 year old kid that was uh, you know getting in trouble with the law every weekend and and um, you know getting up to absolutely no good and when that happened I sort of thought to myself uh, you know I'm doing all this bad stuff, I'm hurting all these people and I still get to wake up tomorrow and this person that has done nothing wrong by anybody, they've been uh, they've been tragically taken. So that was a really big wake up call for me to um, you know, pull my head in pretty much and, and start to focus on, on living every single day and and um, and not wasting my life and not wasting my opportunities and, and you know, when the mental health stuff came up and uh, you know, there was all the times that I uh, ended up in hospital I thought, you know, there's gotta be some sort of uh, legacy that we can do. There's got to be some sort of uh, positive outlook that we can um, that we can create from all this that can help save people. Um, I think back when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, going through all this sort of stuff. Obviously, there was all the big organisations and there was a little bit of awareness out there, but it was really tough to uh, have that personal touch with people and you know be able to call one of your mates and and have that discussion. I definitely know back then I wouldn't have called my mates and said, "Hey, boys, I'm really struggling." Um, but now I've got the, the, you know, the ability to call any one of my mates right now and say, Hey, mate, I'm really struggling. Um, you know, come and have a beer with me tonight and, and let's have a chat. And they've got the same thing with me. So I'm, uh, I'm very lucky that I've got that, that bond with people now. But that's what we're trying to encourage other mates to have with, uh, with all their friends as well. Speaking of legacy and, and making a, a, you know, really significant, contribution to society take us through shaka hq you know clearly covid uh has affected everyone in many different ways one of the the you know most significant has been mental health and the being shut off from society to a certain extent not being able to go out and and socialize with friends um obviously it was a tough year 2020 for all but what you guys are doing is really quite special with with Shaka HQ, yeah, yeah. Look, we we started the um, we took over this lease at the start of this year, and we wanted somewhere. We're pretty much running the entire um, the entire sort of project out of my laundry, and it was just getting a little bit too much. So we thought we better um, better get a bit of a space, and 
we were lucky enough to get a really, really big space here in Ballarat. And uh, once we looked through it, we, you know, we had all these ideas of what we could do, but we wanted to make it more, more of just a warehouse for all our merchandise. So we've actually turned it into a bit of a hangout spot as well. So we've got a, we've got a chill out zone, um, which is its own special room, and pretty much it's got a couch, it's got a TV, an Xbox, a couple of books. Um, you know, it's got a, a soccer machine, all that sort of stuff too, and and pretty much it's a space where people can come up and they can hang out. Uh, they can get away from the world for a little bit. They can watch, you know, watch a movie, play some Xbox, whatever they want to do, and just take some time away. Um, you know, it's obviously not going to solve any issues or or um, or anything like that, but it, it's just nice to to you know, get them up here, and and we're all very open up here. Us and uh, me and all the boys that work up here. So they can come up and they can have that conversation. They can talk about what's going on. Um, you know, by any means, we're not rich in psychologists or anything like that, but we do have a lot of community workers um, and community organisations that work with us, and they frequently come in and, and help us out with some clients and members and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's a really special place. You know, we've got a podcast studio here that we do a lot of podcasts with um, with people and hear other people's story of their mental health. Um, mental health stories and, and um, adventures and all that sort of stuff as well. So that's great to bring that, bring that all to light and allow people to hear other people's uh, other people's struggles and you know where they've come from and and the like. So it's been able to you know, bring people together in Ballarat and it's been really great. We're luckily right in the middle of town as well, so frequently have people in their lunch break come up and sit down, have a coffee with us, and you know we might even just talk some absolute crap for, for half an hour but it's just that time away from from the office and time away from the you know the last two years which uh, can really help people sean it's it's been a pleasure having you on real adventures this morning what does the next 12 months hold for shaka mate the next 12 months we um we just want to continue to target um you know getting that conversation to as many people as possible and you know this is a really big week this week and, and we call it the week of action and we want just this week and, and next week and the week after is for every bloke to go through their phone right now, um, text a mate you haven't seen in a while, text a family member and just, you know, just check in. Check in with yourself as well. Make sure you're doing okay. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, to go to your GP and, and get that mental health plan or or, uh, or go to some sort of professional service, have a chat. It's, um, it's a really important week this week and the next 12 months, I think we're just going to continue to push that as much as we can. Uh, we want to do a, a, a Victorian tour and, and get through to, to more footy clubs and cricket clubs um, around the state and around the country as well. So, yeah, mate, we're, we're just looking to, to expand and, and get to as many men as we can um, and just sort of make sure that many blokes know that they matter, they have worth, and, and, uh, and the world definitely isn't better off without them. Sean, once again, we really appreciate your time and off the back of – uh, Men's Mental Health Week. It's been great to to hear your story and, and hear how um, not only the struggles of mental health have, have affected you, but what you've done with those struggles and the Shaka Project itself. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting this morning. No, thanks so much, boys. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Sean. Sean, we're from the Shaka Project, and and as blokes, Redmond, we we're just not great at asking for professional help. Like all the stats support that that women are far more likely to access formal support than um, than boys and men. So if you're not comfortable seeking formal support, then then have a chat to your mates. You're you know? spot on, and it's not our normal 
guests that we have for this segment of the show, but it's probably one of our most important. So, And off uh, the back of you go out in the boat, you're spending time with mates, you're going forward driving in the backcountry, whatever it might be, there's a lot of downtime, you know, to not only, you know, talk smack, talk fishing, all these sorts of things, but these are the times where it might be the best time to open up on that conversation that you've mean, been meaning to have but haven't quite had the know-how or the, the confidence just to engage your mates or whatever it might be. So um, if it can help in any way, um, it's a it's a great thing to promote that conversation. That was gearing up for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. And now it's time for Reg Review. Patrick, as we've spoken about throughout the show, I was uh, fortunate enough to be a part of a few big fish <laughs> earlier in the week, which was quite nice. Look, we've dedicated the whole show to it. I don't know how many times you can pr- keep bringing this up. We get it. You were more excited with me when I was talking to you at the end of the day. I was actually... <laughs> as my phone was pinging away and you called me, I think it was halfway through the second fish and you're just losing it. The boys are going nuts in the background. There's a there's such a, a special element of excitement that catching a barrel brings. And even it comes off the back of the conversation that we had just then with uh, Sean, with it literally... Fishing is one of those things... That can just completely take your mind away from reality. That mental release. Just completely. And I can guarantee you right now, the boys will probably listen to this at some point. And uh, I'm tipping they weren't thinking about anything but getting that fish. Then once it landed, it was all smiles and happy days. But the review today, Red's review for Club Marine, is the Black Magic Gimbal and Harness. Now, something it's a must-have to have on your must-have on your boat if you are wanting to chase uh, big species of fish. Uh, it can be anything from a shark to a barrel tuna to a swordfish to a marlin. And I'm going to talk about the most popular brand uh, going around at the moment. The reason the most popular brand, I guess, a lot of tackle stores have it, and it's just proven. And like I said before, it's the Black Manage Gimbal and Harness. Now, what it is, it is a harness, a gimbal and harness that attaches to your body, which then attaches to your rod places, sits in the actual gimbal in itself, and the harness attaches to the rod. So first of all, you hook up to your fish, you clear the rods, rods, the the real screaming, one of the boys kit you out with this gimbal around your waist. So the gimbal goes around your waist, the rod sits in it. So therefore, you're not jamming these big rods into your groins and hurting your groins. The rod sits in that gimbal nicely, and then you can elevate it up and down with your lifting and winding and being able to catch that fish. And what it does is it, it spreads the load and the pressure that that rod and fish will put right throughout your body. It actually spreads the load rather than it just being bent over for three hours, and then you're not being able to move. It's hard enough to move after three hours <laughs> catching a barrel anyway, but it, it is so much better for your body. It is, and that harness is crucial as well. So what the harness is, it basically sits under your butt, uh, under your butt cheeks basically, the, bot- the bottom one, and then the other one sits sort of around your, your belt buckle, I guess you'd say, where your belt would be, and it attaches to the rod. So therefore, you don't actually have to hold the rod while you're fighting this fish. And like you just said before, it spreads that load. Yep. So you can sit in that seat, Basically, use your weight against that fish. We're running 24 kilo. We're using eight kilos of drag, which is, we always talk about that third of your line class. So it, it, it's just a must-have for chasing big fish. It makes life so much easier. I, ha- I have two on the boat because you double hook up and whatnot when you're chasing these barrels is more common than not. Yep. So I always have two. But the problem with them is they are expensive. You're looking either side of $400. You might get one on sale somewhere for $360. You might get one for $420. But if you need to buy it and you need it, if you need it, you need it, and it's $420, you're going to spend that money. Aaron, this is game fishing. It's e- game fishing. Everything, <laughs> everything costs you. I, 
Lua costs you four hundred dollars. Every, oh, everything costs you about forty six. <laughs> there is nothing in game fishing that is cheap. Well, I actually would happily argue that. Okay, go ahead. Those fifty wides worked well, thanks, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stole them off two years ago. But no, in all seriousness. For those uh, of you who are aware, I lent Aaron some Tiagra 50 wides, a 30 wide. I think it was three or four reels. Might be four, might be five reels. I didn't want them to break of dust. This is not joking. Like, nearly three years ago. Maybe before the show even started, Real Adventures even started. Potentially. I have not seen and them. And you won't. <laughs> Actually, you will. If you come out to where I'm getting these fish, Patrick, you'll have the enjoyment of catching a big fish. But today's review is the Black Magic, uh, Black Magic, Black Magic Gimbal and Harness. It is a must if you are chasing the fish that we were chasing the past few days. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for Red's Tip. Now, I... Once again, got a few good fish during the week, Pat, as we spoke about. Don't mean to mention it again. But one thing that I, I always harp on, and you are an ambassador for Tuna Champions, uh, and I do my little bit. I didn't quite get the ambassadorship like you yourself and a few others did. But I do try and do my bit in awareness for... I don't uh, get paid for that. It just means your photo goes up there. And I don't know, when you I look don't get any photos going When up you there. compare bonsers... <laughs> I'm not saying I'm an oil painting, but I'm I'm a little bit better than what you're rolling with. I've got a few good-looking blokes that fish with me, though. They can go on there. <laughs> we um, So what I'm trying to say here is we always look after our captures and whatnot, and we only take what we want. Now, the boys' first barrels, they wanted to keep their fish each. They got their first barrels, they wanted to get them up in the scales and have a look at them, and, and I'm all for that. That's fantastic, as long as the fish doesn't go to waste. Now, we, I left the big fish bag at home accidentally, but Kano happened to uh, save me, and he bought a, a midi, a smaller one out. It was, it was not quite, couldn't fit, couldn't fit two barrels in. Could only get one barrel in it. Now, what we did was, we're pretty, well, as we, we looked after this fish as much as we, the two fish as much as we could. Gutton and Gilled, both of them, the first one went in the bag full of ice. The second one, Pat, went on the deck I filled the guts with ice and tried to put wet towels over it and we hosed it down, trying to cool the fish down as much as we could. Now, a little bit of a gaff on myself, which you've got a gaff coming up soon, but, but basically what I'm trying to say here, the difference in quality of fish once you clean this fish is so noticeable when you're going to eat it by looking after it just that 20% better. Yep. By getting it in that catch bag covered in ice top to bottom to bring that temperature down is crucial because when I clean these fish... I could literally go to my fridge the day that day I cleaned them and pick out the ones that were pretty much from the ice to not being on the ice. So it was a massive, massive difference in the quality of meats in itself. It really, really was. So basically my tip this week is take what you need, which we did, we did. I'm not wasting any of this fish. I've loaded, I think, your whole family up with some fish. I'm doing some canned jarred uh, tuna. tuna, I'm I'm tuna jars. I'm making a heap of tuna with the boys. And we're going to have a few beers doing that. We'll have a great time doing that as well. So there's no wastage. We looked after the fish as as much as we possibly can. Yes, we stuffed up by not taking that bag, but it is what it is. You can't do anything about that. But we we legit did everything we could, but it does make the difference, those extra few percenters in looking after your fish to how it actually turns out on that cleaning table once you do clean it, Pat. That is Red's tip. The flying gaff this week off the back and on the back of Men's Mental Health Week, which has run from June 4th uh, to June 20th. We lose six men per day to suicide. More men die by suicide in Australia 
uh, in 2019 than the, than the entire Australian road toll of 2019 and 2020 combined. Men are 75% more likely to commit suicide. On average, one in eight men will experience depression and one in five men will experience anxiety at some stage in their lives. I think it's something that we can all um, reference or, or know someone that has experienced this. If you or anyone know of someone that needs help, there's so many wonderful organisations out there uh, to help. There's Lifeline, there's Kids Helpline, there's Men's Line Australia, Beyond Blue, Headspace. Uh, it's time to engage in that conversation the one that you've been putting off with the mate that's been quieter um, around the pub or hasn't been as easily contactable over the last few weeks. Let's puck up, as as um, as they say, and let's engage in that conversation and look after our mates. We hope you've enjoyed the show, Real Adventures, this morning off the back of Men's Mental Health Week. Sensational Redmond having uh, Sean on to talk about his own personal experiences. So if you know of anyone or you've got to make, you need to engage in that conversation, make sure you do so. Redmond, I'll see you on the water. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91